G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention to what is really the topic of the moment. Artificial intelligence or AI. It's being touted as a new revolution. Some even think that humanity may even be at risk. Well, one area that is in for significant disruption with these new developments is the education sector. Well, let's check on some new research on artificial intelligence and how that connects with education. Ashley Fell is a social researcher with McCrindle Research. Ashley's back with us. Welcome back, Ashley. Thanks for having me, Neil. Ashley, this is a hot topic and uh, no doubt there'll be no surprise from listeners that there's going to be lots of research into how people feel about artificial intelligence. Uh, What are your key findings in your latest bit of uh, research? Yeah, it's definitely a hot topic. It's definitely something that we've been keeping a keen eye on even over the last, I would say, five years and we've kept talking about AI will be coming and I feel like it's been used in the background of our lives, like with our Spotify recommendations or, you know, customised grocery lists from the shops we buy from. But it definitely seems like it's more arriving this year. And so that's why we decided to conduct um, this as part of a theme of our future of education study. Um, And I think I was under the, I guess, hypothesis that when we think about changing how we teach students and how we integrate you know, truth and these elements around them not plagiarizing things through chat, through using chat GPT, that teachers would be, I guess, scared or nervous. But I was really encouraged to see that when we asked teachers about how do you feel about the integration of AI into the various aspects of your role as a classroom teacher, the majority, 62%, said they were excited. 38% also said they were nervous. Um, But I was really encouraged to see that there's a great openness towards utilising AI um, in the education sector. Interesting, though, uh, it's still a divide, isn't it? Uh, Some who are excited and some who are nervous. Uh, Let's not say fearful, because I guess you don't know what's coming, but some might even Mm. be fearful for their own jobs. (laughs) So there may be some level of fear in there. And I know across the board, there might be all sorts of apprehension and concern about what this is bringing. Uh, But as a tool to enhance students' learning and development, uh, that's something that teachers are positive about. Yeah, that's right. So we found 59% said they were more likely to see AI as a tool that can be used to enhance students' learning and development uh, compared to 41% who said they were more likely to see AI as a threat to students' learning and development. And some of the main areas, I think, are around that level of plagiarism. 71% said they strongly or somewhat agree that AI and ChatGPT will increase levels of plagiarism. And 62% said that it will significantly change the way we assess and grade students. And like you mentioned, Neil, we, I think as human beings, often have a tendency to fear the unknown. 
And that's rightly so. I think that's warranted. I think a healthy skepticism sometimes of technology and artificial intelligence can be beneficial for teachers and for students and for us general people of society. Um, But there's also some benefits, particularly I think around productivity. We know that from this same study that teachers are among some of the busiest professions uh, in our world with lots of out of hours work. So if artificial intelligence can alleviate some of that and perhaps change the focus on particular skills that we might equip the next generation with, if it does take out maybe some of those hours of researching topics, but it gives us your ability frees us up to think more critically, you know, perhaps that's that's a good thing. Well, certainly significant, isn't it, that uh, this is not something that's coming, this is something that's already here. And for teachers, Mm. as you say, 62%, uh, they know that there's changes coming to the way that students are assessed and graded. It might make their job easier, but then that other statistic you mentioned, 57%, say it'll hinder students' ability to write. Uh, Students' inability to write uh, might be a major, major concern for the future. Uh, Just with your social researcher's hat on, uh, this really is a a huge disruption that's coming, isn't it? And uh, we don't all know how to deal with this yet. Yes, absolutely. I think... You're right. It's it's huge. It's affecting everyone. And you mentioned earlier that many of us are nervous about what jobs it will replace. We conducted a different study to the one you and I are talking about, but it was a study of Australians earlier this year, just a few months ago. And we found 74% of Australians uh, said they were nervous that AI will replace human jobs. Um, And that was 82% of the youngest generation who are open to using it, who are using it more. So they're looking at their future thinking, how is this going to change what career I choose or how I do work or how I interact with people? So I think there's, it's okay to be a little bit aware that there might be some challenges that we might need to change the skills that we have. But I do think it's actually going to place a greater emphasis on some of those uniquely human skills like critical thinking and empathy and storytelling and leadership and inspiration. You know, some of the things that a machine or artificial intelligence can't do or if it can do it, maybe not as well as a real human being. Uh, So I think there's definitely going to be a place, you know, for us in the future. But it is, like you said, it's going to, this is going to be a big disruptor, particularly to the education sector. And it's coming, and it's coming fast, um, faster than ever before. Uh, The way that students engage with their learning, this is going to be a challenge for school teachers, do you think, because school teachers are going to have to adapt the way that they teach in the classroom to be able to uh, change with the way that students are going to interact with this. Yes, that's right. Teachers have to learn it first themselves before they can teach the students about it. Um, And as I mentioned just a moment ago, this same study also showed that teachers are incredibly uh, stressed. Many of them are burnt out over the experience, after the experience of the last few years with all those changing restrictions and people having to work from home and and teach, take, you know, education online overnight. So we're talking about an already under pressure sector and to throw in this big disruptor, I think, yeah, it is going to take some time some patience uh, to get across some, you know, new technologies and, and things we have to be aware of when teaching kids how to use them. 
But I also think, hopefully, it will maybe be able to alleviate some of the burden. It might be able to help write a lesson plan or do the grunt work for a teacher and then they can come in and, and tweak it and refine it and personalize it. So hopefully there are some benefits, but I do think, yeah, we might have to wade through some of that uncertainty first. Do you think the way teachers will be trained into the perhaps very near future might have to really adapt as well because uh, educational integrity is something that might be at risk here and for teachers to uh, have the ability to think critically and to lead students to do the same, uh, think critically about the types of exercises they're doing, uh, there's obviously going to have to be some changes that happen within our teacher training institutions. Yeah, that's right. It it does seem like we might have to do a bit of an, an overhaul of that, which is a very daunting, um, I guess, prospect for a sector that is as large as the education sector, which has got some, you know, strict sort of guidelines that it needs to adhere to to ensure that, you know, while innovation is able to happen, there's also a standard level of what we're teaching and how we're teaching that so that there's some equality for our students across Australia, for example. So, yeah, I definitely think it's going to take some reform and that educational integrity is going to have to be maybe debated and explored. And oftentimes with large sectors like the education sector, we they are just naturally by their sheer sort of nature slower to innovate or change how they do things. And like you said, it's chat GPT, artificial intelligence, it's changing and evolving at an incredibly fast pace. So that makes, I think, this whole thing a little bit challenging um, as well. Uh, but yeah, hopefully there is this um, hard work to be done in the near future that we can then reap the benefits from for, for the students themselves, but also, yeah, for the teachers. And we'll all have to be a little more adaptable into the future. And of course, uh, the thing is, this is not the first time there's been major technological change. Uh, we've been able to adapt in the past. Uh, you think we're going to be capable of doing that well into the future, Ashley? Yeah, I think that's really wise. And I think that's something that we don't see with the younger generations who are a little bit, of course, more naive because they haven't lived as long. They tend to be a bit more fearful about perhaps what this all means but those of us who've had a little bit more experience or life experience or hopefully wisdom uh, acquired we can say look it's not the first time that transformative technology has entered our lives or entered the education landscape it's not the first time we've had to adjust or adapt so I think it does it's a helpful exercise to reflect back and look at how we've been able to respond and adapt and tweak based on previous transformative technologies um, in the same way, I guess, the calculator was transformative for maths. Perhaps this is the chat GPT equivalent for um, writing and research. So I think, yeah, it's, it's helpful to reflect on where we've been to give us a bit of encouragement uh, as to where we're heading in the future too. I imagine too, and uh, given we're on the Christian broadcaster, a vision right around Australia, uh, the thought that machines are going to play a bigger part in our future do you think there is a faith dimension in there about how, as Christian believers, uh, there might be a treatment of people as compared to machines? Any thoughts here? Yes, absolutely. I think it's it's going to require, I think, those of us who really place good value on human life, on interpersonal relationships, on the belief that we were created to be 
in relationship with each other, not with robots or machines, to, I think, keep a balanced perspective and ethical perspective and empathetic perspective around how we, you know, let these uh, technologies evolve. Um, we have that sort of, I think, overlaid across a lot of our research and our hope, uh, I think, for the future is that um, there will be opportunities for these technologies to enhance connection, but that it will never replace you know, those looking into another human being's eyes when you're having a conversation about faith or about something deep or spiritual or to to walk through seasons of life with someone. You know, I think that these are the things that technology won't be able to do. It can help us be more efficient and effective with our research and our work, um, but it can't do some of those things that we were designed by God to, to do in community with others. So I think if we keep that at the core, but still hopefully be open towards utilising these technologies, that will be a helpful way to move forward. And it might be arguable how Christians or those in church leadership have adapted when there's been major change before, uh, but I suspect there'd be a few listeners who might like to keep ahead of the curve here and uh, check out some of the research that you've been doing, Ashley. So if I point people to mccrindle.com.au, is that where they'll find some more details, some more resource, uh, if there's any sort of way that they can get some uh, update on some of the research coming out? Is that the place to go, mccrindle.com.au? That's right. And we've got a resources section, which will detail this new research and infographic. And we've also got our articles component of our website where we put out some of our, our findings and our commentary on that as well. Well, Ashley, always appreciate getting an update with you. Ashley Fell is a social researcher with McCrindle Research, mccrindle.com.au. Ashley, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.